You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast, brought to you ad-free with the support of our patrons. Visit mashthosebuttons.com or stay tuned after the show for more details. Hey there, welcome to episode 130 of Push the Point, presented by Mash Those Buttons, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more. I'm your host, Ramses. Thanks for being here. We're on the Mash Those Buttons network. Uh, always happy to be in such good company. And speaking of good company, I'm here with my co-host, my partner in crime for the last 137 episodes, Labosco. Fresh off of his new haircut, feeling <laughs> sleek. Feeling, feeling good. Built for speed. How are you doing today, bud? Uh, I, I, the speed has probably left me, but I am feeling pretty good. So uh, I, I've been eating pretty healthy for the past like almost three months now, and I'm I'm losing some weight. So that's nice because I was like I wasn't big, but I was big for me. If that makes sense, I got you. So like I'm cl- almost the same weight probably the last time that I saw you in person, which is like God. I, I was like twenty or twenty pounds heavier. Uh, before I started this journey back to going down in mm. weight. So it's been been a nice little journey these past couple months. So feeling good, feeling really I'm ha- good. I'm happy for you, man. I remember talking about that with you a little bit or like a couple months ago. And like you've been you've been working really hard for it. I know it's been like a change you've been excited to do. So I'm happy for well, you. Well, I haven't. I've just been eating good. I haven't been doing anything okay. else, really. As somebody so, who just who only consumes horrible food, it sounds like a lot of hard work. So I'm happy. That's why I'm saying that. It's it's actually not. It's actually I kind of eat similar to how I ate before, except I don't eat fast food and I just cook a little bit more. But I still eat things that I like. I just don't eat meat. That's really all it is. And I, you know, I don't eat dairy or anything like that, except oh, for like. Man. You know, on the special occasion, you know, My like two favorite things, Christopher. I played I played IRL D and D. And when we were there, we ordered pizza and wings and your boy went ham on oh, some sheesh. pizza and wings. Uh, my body was not happy the next day all that much. Um, I actually felt fine, but my digestive system was not happy with me. So and that was like a week ago or so now. So but that was fun. Because D and D is always fun. Sweet. Well, speaking of fun, we have some more. We have actually some substantial Overwatch League news that came out this last month. A um, couple player moves, some major league like admin news as far as when the season's going to start, and of course your update for ABK. Everything going on on that end. Um, we'll get started with, I guess, the main, the bigger move um, from the past couple of weeks. Um, Jonak announced that he was going to be leaving the Soul Dynasty. Um, it sounds like he'll be it's, uh, he'll be retiring or taking a break due to personal reasons. Retiring wasn't necessarily the word that he used, but I mean, taking a break for personal reasons. I don't know if we've ever seen. I don't know if we've seen that many players come back from that necessarily. Not many. We, we've seen some do, but not not a lot do. It sounds like um, this is part of a uh, continuous health issues um, from a tweet that he put out. He said, uh, hello, this is Jonak. I decided to leave the team and take a break. I had an issue with my health for a long time, and recently this issue got worse. Unfortunately, I cannot show more performance to the fans. I win the league in Soul Dynasty. I am planning to take a break and do some live streaming soon. See you there. So it's it's a big blow, definitely. Yeah. Um, as far as the overall, like, I guess, 
player representation in the league. Jonag, I mean, season one MVP, redefined flex support. We talked about him like in our in our compare in like our talks for among the greatest of all time. Um, yeah. It's a huge bummer. Um, I will say if your soul having creative there as your flex as another flex support or as another support player is not the worst deal in the world. Yeah. Um, I do wonder who else they have on the roster at support. Cause it might just be him right now. Um, yeah, oh, it's him and Vin Diem, Excuse me. That, well, yeah, so that's it. But like you have one guy who we've seen a little bit of and one person you have it. Right. So they may still want to add somebody like there's still names that are out there technically. Um, the thing is, is like you're never going to replace somebody the caliber of, of Jonak, right? Mm. Like that's that's just something that's not going to happen overnight unless you, you get extremely lucky with like, you know, a, an unknown. Um, but that's probably not going to happen, right? You're talking about a player who, again, we talked about as one of the best of Overwatch one. And what's unfortunate, I think, more than anything else is he's somebody whose play style probably excels in a game like Overwatch 2 from the yeah. little bit that we know. So he's a major loss from not only, um, you know, an Overwatch 1 standpoint, even even with how the other game has been as of late, but in Overwatch 2, that game could have been a real big boon for him as far as his play style. So it really sucks to see that happen. But when it's personal reasons and health, you know, health problems like you want somebody to be as healthy as possible. And we see a lot of guys who end up having like health problems in Overwatch of some kind, right? Like, like I can't even count how many players we've we've had where like health issues have have, you know, derailed their careers, at least for a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's a game that I, just just like the lifestyle of playing, you know, a video game the way that we do and sitting in a chair that that some of the guys, some of the ways that these guys sit like. You are not meant to sit for that long or in the way that they sit. Or it's you think terrible doing, for your health doing those kinds of wrist and shoulder motions like the entire like every day for eight hours a day. Like, of course, that's going to really like it, it makes sense that we have a lot of guys in this game or even just in esports in general who have injuries with those kinds of um, that start from there. Exactly. So it, it's um, it's sad. For multiple reasons, but it gives somebody an opportunity. So th there always is some sort of silver lining, right? And Soul is still like even with Jonak, I think Soul is still a team that you look to to be pretty good in Overwatch too, right? Like when you you talk about the two players that they have holding down their DPS line, uh, I, I don't think you're that like you're concerned, but you're not like this isn't the end of the world. Although as far as like championship aspirations, it might get a little bit tougher. Yeah. Oh, and we look at what kind of division they're in. It doesn't make it any easier for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, Shanghai Dragons have announced that they um, they've picked up Bebe at support. Uh, Bebe, we know mostly from his time on the Hangzhou Spark of uh, spent last year with the Washington Justice. Kind of one of those guys who's been like a good but not amazing flex support player someone who's capable who can handle it but isn't necessarily like that all-star kind of beast that a lot of teams really want um i don't think you see many situations where he necessarily plays in front of Izayaki. this is somebody i think that you bring in just to kind of round out meta proof yourselves just in case there's a flex support you don't want to throw uh lige gone on yeah you, you bring him out to to play if, if you're in a double flex support meta 
Although Lee Jang on might end up being better than than Bay Bay at some of the flex supports. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know if he necessarily like it's not bad to bring him in. Right. Uh, if he's somebody who is good as far as like chemistry with the other players and stuff like that, and he seems to work well when he is in like that's really all you need. You're, you're not looking. <laughs> Shanghai's not looking for world beaters, right? They're not looking for a Jonak caliber uh, flex support to come in here to be on their team. They've already kind of have that Jonak level guy in his Yaki. So there, there's not that sort of concern from them as far as like this sort of move. Sure. Like, why not for Shanghai? Like, why are you not going to add in a solid guy like Bebe? I've never heard anything said bad about him as far as like personality too. He always seems to be one of the more um, good like chemistry guys. So yeah, bring him onto the team. Uh, LA Valiant have added Langsa at support as well. Langsa, correct me if I'm wrong, I think main support player from a long time ago. Um, I'm trying to remember when we last saw him even. Um, Played for Chengdu Hunters, uh, Team Chaser most recently, uh, with the, which is the Chengdu Academy roster. Um, kind of an overall f- support player. I'm not 100% sure as far as his most played heroes. Because, of course, Liquipedia has both Mercy, Bap, Lucio, Brig, and Zen on here. Um, Link, so, yeah, Link's is somebody who uh, we, we'd heard pretty good stuff about there's a lot of guys who were bench players for like Hangzhou or for Chengdu that we'd heard pretty cool stuff about that we just never saw I think like Molly being one of them coldest being one of them Linksa had some good news some good word about him as well and now he goes to Valiant where it looks like he's going to be one of the starting players for that team so he's had some good success in uh, contenders China too so like kind of working his way back into the league after being up so I I'm happy for him that he gets another opportunity to shine mm-hmm I'll be curious to see what he can do, though, coming back into the league. And and like for the Valiant, um, part of the reason you bring him in is because he he will have some experience with part of your roster, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's part of why you're you're bringing him in more than anything else. So uh, and somebody who as far as like, you know, he's somebody who's going to know the language of a, a majority of your team. Uh, probably I, I know Chaser had mixed rosters, I believe, at at a bunch of different times, too. So he should have experience in playing with Korean players like this is a move that just seems to fit. And like, I feel like Coldest and Langsa did play together before, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like that was a line uh, like you're giving Coldest familiarity too, if I'm remembering correctly. Maybe I'm rem- remembering wrong, um. but this is not a bad person to have alongside Coldest. The only person it would, the only team it might have been with was Lingon Esports back in 2019. I think they, maybe they didn't, because maybe. And actually, they, no, that doesn't work because like they were in there at nah, different they, times. They were, they were, they were, they were not on the team at the same time. That's right. I couldn't remember if they were or not. Um, for some reason, I thought he did, but they're they're two players that have been pretty good in Contenders China, regardless, right? Like, I, I still think this is a pretty good move, um, as far as like support players to bring alongside coldest i i like yeah i agree um chengdu hunters have also signed uh, aprita somebody who i think you've talked to i've heard you talk about in the past a dps player who has a lot of upside to him people are excited to see him come so aprita is the guy who probably plays when you're not having jinmu like on one of his specialization um characters 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like leave a Prita probably ends up as your main DPS lineup. Uh, that's how good a Prita is. And this is somebody as well who allows for leave to play like the hit scan stuff or like anything other than like when you want somebody to play tracer, that's not leave. You have somebody in a Prita who his tracer might be almost as good as leaves. Like that's Mm -hmm. how good of a tracer player he is. Uh, Leave is still probably the better tracer, but that that even can probably be discussed like that would be I'd be curious to know what Kenobi thinks about that, because those are two very good tracer players. But like a Prita, a Prita has won a lot as of late and been on a very competitive team chaser team as of late. Mm-hmm. So I really, really would be curious to get his input on something like that, because I think that this is going to be a scary lineup now that he's part of it. Yeah, like the APAC region, I think a lot of these teams have just gotten you have Shanghai hasn't really done much. They've just but they are still arguably like the best team right now. If I had to yeah. put a dot in it in, in the East region and then but Chengdu shoring up holes, getting stronger. Hangzhou, I think you could say a little bit. Valiant looks like a much more competitive team than last season. Guangzhou even um, got a little bit of a boost recently. Uh, they signed a uh, young Jin who you might remember as a player for the Shanghai dragons um, t- uh, to their roster as an assistant coach. Um, I-, I think back fondly to the days of 2018 Labosco with the young Jin doom fist um, in that three <laughs> DPS Shanghai dragons comp. That was just so much fun to watch. Yep. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, God, I still we still don't know anything about how 5v5 is going to be, right? Yeah. Like, but but like you could see like the Doomfist get like to be super important again. Well, he's not playing. He's a coach for this team. But still having somebody who knows it like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I, I think there's just a lot. There's just a lot of good things that can happen. I, I, I don't I'm excited for a lot of it. Um, I always liked young Jin, though, too. So I'm glad that he's still in the league somehow. Mm-hmm. That reminds me, man. Rio is going to spend his entire team, his entire Overwatch career, wasting away on this Guangzhou Charge team. And I feel like he could have been pretty solid somewhere else as well. You never know, though. Uh, the Charge could return to form. It, it's hard to know. Uh, I, I still like somewhat like I still like Krong. Uh, I'm really curious to see how Choi Se-Wan does in in this situation that he's going to be in now. So Rio and Krong could be a lot of, well, you know, I was like, Rio oh, man. or Krong. Rio or Krong. Really Rio or Krong. But Mo- he, this, this is like, this is one of those teams where like Molly probably going to matter a lot, right? Like, yeah. like we're really going to know what Molly was. Uh, whether Molly's success was because of Chengdu or if Molly was somebody who Chengdu maybe shouldn't have let go. Well, and Molly didn't play that much when he was on Chengdu, right? Like not. Not really like over Keo or. Um, yeah, because he was on that roster when Keo was there, like he didn't he didn't play at all for um, Shanghai this last season. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, those are our moves for the month. Um, 
we had a con- a community update earlier in uh, February uh, that kind of got some of the bare. I, I always bare bones is a fun phrase, so I think I tend to say it too much. Um, kind of got some of the starting details for season five, season five, geez, of uh, Overwatch League. Um, start dates, which I know you and I always kind of need just to set up the rest of our year. Um, yeah. And um, a couple of other pieces of news. First things first, um, we actually have a division change. Uh, the league is going to be still split into two regions with the East region featuring seven teams and the Western region featuring 13 teams. Um, one team moving actually from the East to the West. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. East is going to have Chengdu Hunters, Guangzhou Charge, Hangzhou Spark, LA Valiant, Philadelphia Fusion, Seoul Dynasty, Shanghai Dragons. And then the Western Division will have Atlanta Rain, Boston Uprising, Dallas Fuel, Florida Mayhem, Houston Outlaws, London Spitfire, LA Gladiators, NYXL, Paris Eternal, San Francisco Shock, Toronto Defiant, Vancouver Titans, and Washington Justice. Um, so New York actually making the move from APAC back to the US, competing in the West for the first time in like what? Almost two years? Yeah. I think it's two years because um, they, when COVID hit, yeah. So it'd be two years. Yeah. Even still, with like, and that's a pretty slim down team. Jeez, I was looking at that roster: Flora, Yaki, Kellen, Gangnam, Jin, Myeongbong. I really wonder how that shakes out. Um, I mean, I, I think you like their DPS and Flora and Yaki, right? Like that's a pretty good combo. Um, Kellen, Kellen's maybe your biggest question mark, but Gan Young Jim and Mung Byung as a support duo sounds pretty good to me. I just wish they got one more tank, but we'll see. Um, yeah, so New York in the West, I really, I'm curious to see how this shakes out. I think like in the past, um, like two seasons ago, it felt like APAC had a lot of like kind of mid tier to like upper mid tier teams along with Shanghai. Um, whereas the West had a lot of like kind of saggier teams. And this year almost saggier. felt kind of the opposite. What's up? <laughs> Nothing. You said saggier and that just made me laugh for some reason. <laughs> um, so you had stuff, you had that. Um, whereas this lot, like last year, I'm sorry, the, the most recent season, it definitely kind of felt inverted. It felt like. There was a lot more teams between Shanghai, um, LA, and Guangzhou. And Hangzhou really kind of struggling for a lot of the season. New York as well, kind of struggling for a lot of the season. Philadelphia doing okay. Seoul doing pretty good. Chengdu and Shanghai doing well. And then meanwhile, with the West, a lot it felt like a lot more teams were in that upper kind that middle to upper middle kind of block. I think they had more teams in the middle. I think like they're the, it was still kind of top heavy. I think both were top heavy leagues last year. It's mm-hmm. like who really did you think was winning one of them other than Atlanta, Dallas, or what was it? Uh, like Florida, maybe the like nobody other than Atlanta and Dallas were like really really competing the entire year, right? Like it would kind of switch out. I mean, Glads felt like they were pretty close up there. Yeah, I would. They never like they missed a bunch though too. Like. Like, that's the thing. Like, you expected Glads to do better than they did. Sort of like Houston, right? Like, Houston had, like, this great record leading into all the tournaments, but then couldn't get into the tournaments, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, like it, it definitely felt like competing at the end. It was Atlanta and it was Dallas. And then sometimes it was Florida. Sometimes it was the Glads. Sometimes San Francisco would, would get close. But nobody was, like, 
really ever competing with like like Atlanta and Dallas were always like two of the teams towards the end, right? So it, it was it, to me it it was more of top heavy and then like a lot more in the middle for West, but that's just because they had more teams in part two because like the bottom of both were bad. Mm. Oh, I agree. Like that bottom glut for. For East, it kind of felt a little bit more because it felt like there were maybe a couple more teams. Just but when you look at it, was about the West, it was still, I would say, the same amount between Vancouver, Boston. I mean, Mayhem looked rough after the first, like after that first stage, Mayhem was rough the whole rest of the year. London, Boston was middle of the pack, right? Like Florida became middle of the pack. No, Florida started hot and then right. like I said, they the became of the middle of the pack, right? Like lower middle of the pack. Um, Paris was middle of the pack, right? Like like they they always it was like oh maybe they'll do something, but they never did. Uh, but like Toronto, Vancouver especially, Vancouver and and um, God, it was Vancouver and and London were like who's gonna who's gonna get a win? Who's gonna get a win? And they both managed to get a win somehow. Mm-hmm. Um. I still wish we could have seen last year's Valiant versus both of those teams because I still think they would have been close games. Uh, the bottom of the league was bad from both sides. So, but like, you, you know, the, the teams we were talking about the most last year were Shanghai, Chengdu, Dallas, and Atlanta. Like, that was for sure. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how this works out. The, there's odd numbered teams in each um, area or I guess in each league. So you have to imagine it's like how the NFL does it with like odd number teams. There'll be probably be a team on a bye during the week. Um, yeah. Sort of like last year. Yeah. Nothing too out of the ordinary. Each team will play a minimum of 24 regular season matches, including six seeding matches per tournament cycle. I like um, that. And that's four games up from last season, right? Wasn't it 20 last season? I for, I think so, because it was like it was like three or four games per tournament. Yeah. Or maybe it was five. Was it five? It didn't feel like it was five. I thought I it know. was four. Might have been I four. I four. think it was four. So then it would be four times. Was it 16? Was it games? 16? I think it might have been. It. It's funny how like. It, it it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it really was that long ago when we last saw a lot of these games. Um, yeah, 16 games. So so it was four. I like the increase. Um, I think it gives you a little bit better of an idea of um, like better seating. Um, and I think it gives you like I think it gives you a little bit of more time to like kind of get the. Not the meta, but like a team to figure out what they want to do in a specific tournament. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like that. I, I, uh, I am not against having more games. They are adding one extra day and one extra week per tournament cycle to give teams more chances to prove themselves and achieve a more balanced strength of schedule. Um, so going from like a three week, like three weeks of like play-ins for a tournament uh, to four weeks, I think definitely, like you said, a lot more room to kind of prove yourself. You can um, you can have an off week or an off game and not have to completely destroy your momentum for that for a quarter of the year. Yeah, which is nice. Like I said, I I think more games is good. I think it then adjusts a little bit of the weight too to winning tournaments, right? Like 
this is a format that actually probably would have benefited a team like Houston last year, right? Like where they were winning a lot of those games, but not having like the regular seat, like the the tournament success. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes tournaments, sometimes it's just about getting lucky in tournaments, right? Yeah. So especially like getting into them because you don't get like double elimination. So you get till what? What? I think it's the the end. Of the article or. No, no. Um, as far Sorry, as like I, I zoned off for a sec. Um, no. So, so uh, the 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 you don't get double elimination in the tournaments for like the the playoff, not the playoff, but the. The regular season tournaments, whatever you want to call them till what uh, you get to the end, right? I and think so. Double elimination. Well, we're going to get to that as well. For, I for have last year. I'm talking about last year. Oh yeah, it wasn't it wasn't double elimination until yeah, like the fi- until like end of year the final four. Was oh the final four? I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember. That's why I was asking. Oh, it wasn't even it wasn't final four. It was like final eight. I thought. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, God, yeah. memories are bad. In so yeah, adding one extra day. So I'm, I'm checking if that. I think that is yeah. They play on Thursday. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then. I'm not sure. They've released like a little bit of the first parts of the schedule. Oh, no. Opening weekend schedule. Wait. Yeah. Um, so I, I checked myself, by the way. They, they did release part of it, I remember. But to what I was saying, so tournament weekend. So if you were the final four teams for like June Joust or any of those tournaments, you did get uh, it was double elimination, which is what I was saying. OK, so but not until you got there. Right. But anyways, I digress. So we're looking into um, in the East, each team will play a round robin during each tournament cycle. And in the West, each team will face off twice against each other over the of again. Yeah. In the East, each team will play a round robin during each tournament cycle. And in the West, each team will face off twice against every other opponent over the course of the season. So. Hopefully a little bit more balance of a strength of schedule um, as specifically in their West. I know with the East, it's a little bit hard, but you're going to play each team a bunch of times um, full schedule to come out soon. Uh, we did have the opening weekend schedule, um, which has Thursday, May 5th, LA gladiators at New York. Well, <laughs> versus New York Excelsior at noon Pacific time, Paris Eternal versus San Francisco Shock at 1:30 Pacific time, Atlanta Rain versus Florida Mayhem uh Pacific time. And then Friday, um Shanghai Dragons versus Philly Fusion at 1 p.m. Eastern. This is the encore, of course. So this is just all of the Pacific times. Uh Vancouver Titans at 12 p.m. Pacific time, Boston Uprising at uh, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Um, San Francisco Shock, 1.30 p.m. Pacific time. Houston Outlaws, 3 p.m. Oh, San Francisco Shock versus London Spitfire at that time. Titans versus Uprising. Outlaws versus Fuel, 3 p.m. Um, Saturday, Chengdu versus Shanghai. So it looks like this doesn't have all the Apex matches, or the APAC, excuse me, matches on it yet. Um, Chengdu versus Shanghai at 10 a.m. What, uh, Justice versus Defiant at noon. NYXL versus Atlanta at 1.30 and Gladiators versus Uprising at 3 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, this, so that's, I mean, the, that's the one. It looks like a typo. So 3 p.m. PST. And then Spark versus Dynasty at 10 a.m. Um, 
Titans versus Spitfire, noon. Mayhem versus Eternal at 1.30. Fuel versus Justice at 3 p.m. And Outlaws versus Defiant at 4.30. So they're getting that Dallas versus Houston grudge match out of the way early. Um, another rivalry match with Rain versus Mayhem, kind of. I mean, it's a different roster at this point. Um, and then <laughs> they're getting both of the Vancouver struggle games out of the way first. I mean, Boston wasn't a struggle necessarily, but like Vancouver versus Boston and then Vancouver versus London are like their first two matches. Which, unfortunately, do you think either of those teams, from what we know so far, are going to finish anywhere different than where they did last year towards the bottom? You know what I Boston, mean? Boston, so. I think, actually I have help for. Vancouver also looks decent, but I don't know if they're necessarily going to finish in a crazy high spot. Well, we're looking at Vancouver and London, though. That's the struggle oh, game. Oh, I thought you meant Boston, too. Well, you I said mean, London. You said struggle game, so. Yeah, no, Vancouver has a decent, like, Vancouver has an interesting team. I don't think they're going to be competing for anything crazy, but they have an interesting team. Yeah, I think Vancouver maybe is a little bit higher and London maybe replaces them. I don't know. Like, London has some players that can, it, it really depends, but, but like, that's, that's the thing. Are they going to be better than last year? Maybe. But are they going to be able to jump any of the other teams? Maybe not. So that that's like the hard part, right? So it's nice that we at least have some of these games early on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, have they said that these are all online still too? I don't remember if they actually said that. So there's been talk. I think some individual teams have announced that they're doing um, in-person. Uh, they will have in-person gatherings um, at some point. I know Houston did. Houston said that they've had one. Too. Dallas has said so as well, I think. Especially too, because like Dallas j- just this weekend, um, not Dallas feels specifically, but their, you know, their organization put on the the optic tournament um, for Call of Duty this week. So, I mean, we're starting, you're slowly starting to see these live in-person events happen across the world for for a lot of the different esports, esports has been the one kind of um, going the slowest as far as coming back to it, right? You think about like the NFL, like we had full stadiums all season, right? Mm-hmm. This past season. So like it kind of depends on on like what sport it is. And esports has been the one kind of going along uh, at the slowest pace, I guess. Yeah, and probably a good thing, though, too, right? Like, <laughs> like, like contrary to popular belief. COVID still exists right now. Oh, for sure. I mean, I had it in January. Like it's, it's still not something to just write off. Yeah. I mean, my mom just had it a few weeks ago and, um, has been dealing with stuff with that. So, I mean, she's doing fine, but like dealing, still dealing with after effects of it. So like, it's still out there and, and like immune compromised people specifically, it's still scary. Mm-hmm. For immune compromised people, like it will literally kill a lot of people who are immune compromised because they they can't do anything, and that's I feel like still something that people forget about. And it drives me crazy. Oh yeah, no, I know the temp the the immediate thought for a lot of people is like, all right, it's over, everything's done, but it still is a very serious threat for a lot of people. I still the only thing where I've gone to where there was a large gathering of people was I went and saw Spider Man. Mm-hmm. That was it. Well, and like uh, Spy- we're not going to pretend here that Spider-Man didn't have a lot of especially Spider-Man, at that time. Spider-Man Omicron. did help Omicron definitely spike, I will say. Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, let's keep moving a little bit. So uh, general tournament info, the first and third tournaments of the season will be regional competitions. 
Um, the format for regional competitions will be expanded to feature more teams in each competition. Four teams will qualify for and compete in the East, eight teams in the West. So this comes out from like, I think what, I don't remember in the East, I think it might have also been four. Um, but I, I think in the West it was six, right? Where like the top two seeds would get a buy. And then. Well, we I, can, we could just check. We could always check. So, also, so I see. We Jaw is in here in the chat, I think, or at least I saw him in the moderator section. Hi, Jaw. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, for playoffs specifically, um, last year. Well, for tournament teams, playoffs, yeah. For for the teams that made it in, uh, that there was Dallas, L.A., Atlanta. So it was three and two. So you had three teams make it in, and then you had. Uh, Two play-in teams for the West, so three no, and no, two. No. So well, no, these are so the first and third turn. The these are the tournaments. Oh, tournaments for tournaments. tournaments no, I think it was six. I think I no, thought that like the first two seeds got a buy, and then it was, and then you had the play-ins. Yeah, yeah. So for the turn, sorry, I I thought you were talking about end of season tournaments. So yeah, so for that you had the the top six teams. Uh, and then the top four and then the top six to the top two of the top six got buys, but you still had to qualify into the final four who then would the West teams would go to Hawaii. So. We saw a lot of Dallas just squeak in and then run through the play in uh, the play in to get in many times. Yeah. You know, like you're not guaranteed Hawaii if you are one of the top two seeds. You just play one less game. The format for regional tournaments. Oh, we already have this part. Conditions permitting the second and fourth tournaments of the year are planned to be global live events. To do this, we're introducing a brand new mid-season event, the Mid-Season Madness Global Tournament, in addition to the postseason tournament. Mid-Season Madness Global Tournament will feature 12 teams, four from the East and eight from the West, competing in a double elimination bracket over six days. The midseason and post postseason tournaments will both feature a hefty prize pool of at least one million U.S. dollars. It's crazy that they're like the prize pool's going up, right? Mm-hmm. Like these midseason tournaments now are becoming almost as important as like the 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 finals. You know what I mean? Like they're they're kind of it's funny. Like they're pulling from so many different places now with how they're doing their format, right? Because you've got multiple tournaments that we have going on for the regular season. We have regular season games leading into these tournaments. So you're pulling from traditional sports in some ways, right? Um, You know, you have your end of season championship, which is, you know, a lot of sports will do that in one year, but like you would now have this, is the, the, that they didn't call it the same name because you're not going to do that, but this is the mid season invitational basically that you have for um, League of Legends, right? Like this is basically the same thing. That they're so now they're starting to pull from some different esports, some of the stuff that they're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, it also helps kind of work against how many times do we hear, I think, like guys in the Atlanta Rain talking about, like, well, it's so unfair that like they don't have to travel, that they're all playing at home, which, like, understood, not disagreeing that that's an advantage, but like it was definitely a talking point that came up a lot during the season of like the competitive advantages of being able to play from home versus having to fly to Hawaii and doing it from there. I mean, obviously, like there was nobody denying that, but that was the state of the world, right? Like, Mm -hmm. 
you know, the Overwatch League themselves didn't want to do in-person events still. And and it's probably better that they did because the spread of, of COVID was still being brought on, especially here in the United States. Like we know that that like these large sporting events spread COVID a lot, even though they, you know, they probably shouldn't have been happening, but people were doing it anyways, right? Mm-hmm. So who's surprised, right? Like it sucks. But that's kind of the the world we live in right now. So, you know, we're another year past co- and we're not past COVID, but another year into COVID. Um, you can start taking some more liberties at this point because, well, one, no, people just don't seem to care anymore, which sucks. But two, like a lot of people are vaccinated. A lot of people are now boosted and stuff like I literally got my booster shot today, finally. Mm-hmm. Um, so. There, there's a lot uh, a lot more people who aren't going to get seriously sick from getting COVID. The problem is it's spreading it still, right? Yeah. But we are seeing the numbers start to dip again. So like people are feeling a little bit more comfortable. Uh, here in Illinois, they lifted the, the mask mandate on Monday, you know, this last Monday. So like like they're even getting to that point, which I don't think we should but I don't make those decisions. So mm-hmm. like now there's this opportunity where like international travel stuff is becoming a little bit easier. Yeah. I mean, I'm agreeing with you. It's hope. Hopefully as things continue to go, that kind of stability holds. Um, Fingers crossed because it's probably not uh, league points and playoff qualification. Oh, um, the final tournament of the season, the countdown cup will serve as the play-ins for the postseason. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Yeah, I think it feels a little bit weirdly tucked on, but I think it also helps. I don't know. There have been instances I think of like, and granted, completely different format. But I think about like season one with like that last stage playoffs where like there's a feeling of like it doesn't matter almost. Um, to win that, even though for some people's records, it definitely like was a big thing. I think it helps preserve momentum a little bit where that way, like you're at the end of the season. I think it's a lot more about staying strong through the end of the season instead of kind of taking a load off at the end and then trying to recapitalize on that once you actually hit the tournaments. I I personally wish they did more of like a play in sort of tournament at the end of the year. Instead of a countdown cup, right? Like you have your final six games leading into the play in tournament. Um, and then like put some more emphasis on the play in tournament. Like you think about the NBA recently. I think changing. that's what, but wait, isn't that what this is though? No, because the N- because the countdown cup, everybody's competing in it. I don't think so. I think it's just, this will serve as the play ins for the postseason. But I thought that it had like the bigger prize pool and stuff. Oh yeah. So no, it's not, it's, it's a tournament. See, no, this, right. see what I'm saying? See why it's weird. See why I don't like it. Eh, I'm interested. I agree with you. It's a little bit muddy. I'll see. It'll be interesting to see what they do for it. Um, I don't know. I'm just personally not a fan of it. Um, but whatever. <laughs> At the end you know of the reg, they're still doing league points from last year. At the end of the regular season, based on league points, the top six seeds from the West will automatically qualify for the playoffs, as will the top three seeds from the East. The Countdown Cup plans will determine the final three teams, two from the West and one from the East. Other postseason details will be shared at a later date. Um, How do they figure that out, though, too? Like, they, they still haven't. I guess we'll, when they share more details, we'll figure it out. Um, yeah. 
I mean, so also I think we talked about it, but the league starts May 5th. So we have about two more months. Um, I remember hearing somewhere that like the, that they're going to be getting an overwatch two build in the very near future. I don't know for the player's sake. I hope they do. I don't know. Um, this is like training camp time almost. Oh yeah. I try not to think about it, Chris. I try not to think about it. Um, one more piece of news. Well, first, I guess we should just check. What's your? How do you feel overall? I guess with these changes or with this format going into season five. I like the more regular season games. I think it's going to give you better seating going into tournaments. Um, have things a little bit more figured out with an mm-hmm. extra week. Um, I like that. It, it lengthens the season a little bit, but that's fine. Whatever. Like we have such a long break between the start of one season and the the beginning of the next. And part of it's because of COVID and stuff that we've had some of these longer off seasons. But for me personally, like one of the things that makes sports like and and we're going sports in general, we're going to add meat sports in here. Uh, one of the great things about the NFL is that they have you constantly talking about the NFL, right? So we had the Super Bowl just happen, right? And now that the Super Bowl just ended, what do we have now? Just a couple weeks after that, right? We have the the start of the we have the combine right which gets mm-hmm. a lot of publicity that just happened uh you had the senior bowl games and stuff too so like people are talking about that then we move on from that and we're not done we're still moving into other things cuz now we're almost to the draft after this stuff gets over we also have the start of free agency happening too right so you're always talking about football even when football isn't happening and then after the the draft, you have rookie mini camps, then you have training camp, and then you're back into the season. So you're never, you never stop talking about football. That's what the Overwatch, like what, what a lot of esports need, and some of them already have it, but, but one like Overwatch League specifically kind of needs because there, there's a reason the show goes on to a month, um, you know, a month, an episode or one episode a month uh, format when we hit off season because there's just so much time. Mm-hmm. Right. So you need some way of kind of doing that and lengthening the season doesn't hurt in kind of closing that gap between the two seasons. Yeah, it doesn't do I it agree. a lot, but it still does. I mean, I'll take it over having a slightly shorter off season. I will not ever complain about that. But um, but that's like one aspect. I should I answer, actually answer your question. I like the changes. I don't like the countdown cup at the end. A big prize pool tournament right when you're about to have your the most important tournament makes no sense to me. I don't like that. Uh, that that's not something I'm not a fan of. That's the only thing I don't like. One more piece of news from the Overwatch League. Um, they recently hired Brad Ross from NBA 2K League as their new operations lead. Um, he's a f- formerly a professional player who went by the name um, Pior. I don't know if you know this, Chris. Um, I'll throw it. I'll throw it in Twitch chat here if anybody's heard of the name Pure, but um, former player for Splice, I guess is what they had said, um, kind of in the early days of the game. Um, he put he coached GG Esports a long time ago, um, co-founded Triumph in late 2018, um, and will be leaving the NBA 2K League operations team in Mar- um, on March 9th, I guess. Um, we also had confirmation, I forgot to announce this, that um, Packing 10, um, former coach of the Valiant, spent some time with Val um, and with the Immortals Valorant team, um, 
has been hired to manage Overwatch League's competitive operations or com- competition operations. So, some good, some st- some interesting staff kind of being brought on here. Um, two people who at least have a pretty solid history with the game. I mean, I've been a pretty big Packing Ten supporter in our past couple of years of doing this podcast. I think he's a guy. He's got a good head in his shoulders. So, I'm excited. It's cool to see these kinds of guys make their way back into the scene. Yeah, it's it's um, I mean, Triumph had I don't know if Pure was tied to when there was those issues with some of the Triumph stuff mm-hmm. or not. But like, I, I'm glad that we're seeing people who are at least tied to esports more so than just like traditional sports people like being given opportunities to shape the league. Right. I think that's like something that that's nice to see because we how many times have we seen where it's like, okay, they're going to pull this traditional sports person in here for this big role. Mm -hmm. And then like they're gone like a year later or six months later or whatever. You know what I mean? So Um, just confirming he left Triumph um, in July of 2019. So I don't think he was there for when. The the weird stuff was happening. I can't remember. Like, Like it was it was like something with paying players, right? Yeah, but they weren't paying anybody. Yeah. So regardless, uh, whether he was there or not, um, at least he's somebody in the scene, right? He understands what the product is. So I think that is a much better step than we've seen them take in previous uh, iterations of doing some of this stuff. So I like it. I definitely like it. Yeah, we're not we're not we're not, uh, we're not picking somebody from a dying sport, right? Like is that ba- is the guy that they hired from the MLB still there? I forgot to what. No, I remember he that. left like it was like six months. Oh, I don't even. even remember. Sheesh. Yeah. yeah, like remember we we talked about it on the podcast. We're like, well, that didn't last very long. Um, might not even have been six months. I don't remember. Yeah. It wasn't long. It was not long. We were like, we don't even know what this guy did. Um, because still- he moved into like something adjacent to like esports and sports. I'm always glad. I mean, people go on and on about transparency, but I'm I am happy that they're hiring that they're making public a lot of these people that they're hiring or like that or maybe not even if they're making public. I doubt they are that it's that we're getting to know kind of who they're hiring for this. It kind of reinforces. I don't know if trust is the right word, but it, just, it makes me feel a little bit better about who's steering things. I mean, it's at least it's, you know, who still knows if this is going to actually end up meaning anything. But I definitely like it better than like hiring people who don't know anything about Overwatch League or or esports in general, like in these major positions, you know, like people like that are better for advisory roles than they are for like controlling everything. Yeah. Right. Um, because there there's value there and stuff like that. Right. Giving you experience from the MLB or stuff like that. That is something you want to see. You don't want them to be the person making all of the decisions in something they don't really know all that much about. And that's not to say that they can't be good. But let's face it, they're probably not going to be. Generally, that's what happens, at least from what we've seen so far. Or they don't even last long enough to to make an impact. Mm-hmm. I will take it. Um, so we have a couple of things in the ABK roundup to kind of go through. Um, some ups. Some downs. Um, if you're wondering if Activision Blizzard King made any good progressive headway um, or uh, did anything um, well to take care of people, the answer is still no. Um, 
But so um, earlier this month, uh, Senator Tammy Baldwin of Wisconsin, um, your your neighbor state, neighbor to the north. Well, this is this is important, too, because this is where I think Raven is. I think Raven is in Madison. So that's why this is kind of an important person to kind of say something. Um, She sent a letter. Um, to Bobby Kotick's desk, um, calling on Kotick to, quote, negotiate in good faith with the workers and suspend any efforts to undermine your employees' legal right to form a union and collectively bargain. Um, this arrived a day after the conclusion of a National Labor Relations Board hearing between Raven Software and um, a group of the QA testers attempting to unionize their department. Um, this is all from an article from the Washington Post. Um, says that she's following the proceedings of the, uh, the board and Raven Software closely. I urge you and the management of Raven Software to remain neutral in the coming um, election in order to allow your employees to decide their representatives for themselves. Um, they confirmed that they received the letter but declined to comment. Microsoft also did not respond to comment. Um, sounds like she has a track record of being pretty pro-labor. Um, Which is a, pre- honestly a surprise because uh, knowing Wisconsin. But anyway. Well, pub- and public pressure on this is good. Um, public attention on this is good. Um, the more that we can push on this, like, it's awesome. Um, this comes in the wake of there being accusations of pretty serious union busting maneuvers from ABK. Um, although, so this is from Code CWA, which is a campaign to organize digital employees account. Um, so this was a couple, this is on the 17th of February. Um, although supermajority have signed cards showing their support from the union, hearing was necessary because Activision refused to recognize it. Activision is using every procedural route possible to delay the vote in an attempt to undermine workers. Management has presented a dishonest case around Raven QA workers' job descriptions and day-to-day workflow to prevent them from moving forward with their election. Furthermore, um, they refuse to cl- leadership refused to elaborate on specific complaints about compensation or other work-life balance issues. It did not acknowledge inequitable pay, inequitable pay gaps for Raven QA. Um, and so they've done it like sounds. It seems like they continue to spend money and time on union busting consultants, union busting tactics. Um, a lot of kind of there was a response, I guess, from this account earlier or from um, a better ABK about them. Kind of having getting employees in meetings. And then once the meetings are started, then showing them then kind of um, exposing them to anti-union uh, materials and propaganda, really trying to hit hit this message home. Um, it It's not surprising. It's not surprising. I think it's, no. there's only so many more times where you, I can say I'm disappointed before I like can keep, but I don't know. I don't know necessarily where you, like what you elaborate with on that. Well, it's just, it's like nothing's really changing yet, right? Like they're still mm-hmm. not, really acknowledging anything that's happening so nothing's really changing right we're kind of we've kind of hit stagnant waters in a lot of ways right um it's funny because uh you know there was the big um the giz uh i I always say it gizmodo Mm -hmm. that that union the media group the union for that just had some big wins um i believe they're based out of are they based out of california as well i can't remember but like that's uh, who does like Kotaku, Jezebel, Lifehacker, The Root, Gizmodo, uh, like a lot of those sites. Um, so that was kind of a big deal. So like, you know, 
unions in similar spaces are having some recent success. Uh, you know, it's hoping that that you can see something like that happen for the better ABK workers and, and just people in the gaming industry in general. Right. So. You, I don't know, like, like there's things to be excited about, I guess, but then there's also a lot of bad, like there's some good, there's some bad. Um, and you just don't know how to feel about it because nothing's being resolved. Really. We're just kind of continuing to tread water here, which I guess is better than like sinking, but there's well, not a like, lot of progress being made. There's only so much like they can continue to push and they can continue to work on it. Um, but I mean, this is, of course, Activision Blizzard's tactic. And like if they could just keep stalling and keep delaying and keep pushing it through until it loses steam and it's not anything specific to work with. Yeah. But that, like, that's I'm, the th- that's the thing is like this is why like money for these different funds is important. Right. So that way the they can continue fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of weird, though, too, because right, because a lot of them haven't aren't striking anymore, if I'm not mistaken. Like we're not. I don't know if we have any active strikes or not. I don't think so. The idea was that they had returned to work in order to. Um, in order to as a show of good faith when trying to negotiate with um, ABK. But there's no like real negotiations happening. So you have to wonder if maybe they go back on strike eventually. Mm-hmm. It feels like that's got to be the next step is, you you know, you go for a strike and you go for one that lasts. Um, there's another the, one of the strongest unions in the United States, whether people realize it or not, is the MLB Players Association. Uh, we're entering into some very serious territory where games are probably going to be canceled. Um, I think the first couple of series have already been canceled and you're talking about people who make a lot more money and obviously they have a lot more of an ability to do something like this, but their union is so strong where they, we could lose a season of baseball. Mm -hmm. That's entirely possible. And you're dealing with the same sort of dynamic, right? You're having, you're having people who make an astronomical amount of money against people who are just trying to get what they're, what they should. And obviously baseball players make a lot of money. Nobody's saying that they don't, but they don't make billions of dollars, right? You're still fighting billionaires. Well, and again, so they don't, they make so much money, but you look at how much money, like the team brings in, the organization brings in, how much they contribute to that. Like I would argue to be compensated fairly. Exactly. So you, you, you have more in common with a baseball player, right? Uh, than you do with the billionaire owner. You just do. Right. I still don't understand how people are able to like paint themselves like, no, but like, I don't get it. In recent time, though, it's actually been, especially this one, like people are much more in favor of the players than they are the billionaires. Like the, the tide has been turning. Good. Now, hopefully that can also help other unions like, like what we're seeing try to have happen here in the gaming industry. Right. You know, people may be realizing, hey, you know, these people, these companies, they make so much money and they're giving a fraction of it sometimes to some of these people. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just I'm just hoping that that we see I, there's a lot of bad happening right now with a better ABK still mm-hmm. like this is we are so far from being out of out of the woods with any of this, like things continue to happen, have continue to come to light or continue to happen. Um, another thing as well. Um, we had heard about this earlier. It was mentioned 
excuse me, in the original lawsuit and in the Bloomberg article. Um, but ABK um, is being sued by the family of a former worker um, for involvement in for wrongful death. Um, this was a a former worker um, who committed suicide um, after accounts of really horrible um, sexual harassment, sexual assault. Um, and her family is suing ABK um, um, for involvement in wrongful death. Um, this is from a, also from a dot esports article. Um, it's rough. I mean, we talked about this when it came out months ago. It was really rough. Yeah. It's still really rough. Um, it's just. I expect this to be settled too out of court. Oh, you I don't think this will ever go. I don't ever think this will actually be a, a court case that sees the light of day. Um, because I feel like the evidence, like with how much we've already heard about this, it seems like the evidence is pretty overwhelming that it's going to go that way. And that family's going to get money and it's going to be at least some sort of blow to a better ABK. Um, it's not going to help that family get over what happened, right? Mm -hmm. So all you can hope is that this is another thing that pushes them to change their ways, right? Because you, you're, you're failing at such a basic level that you can't even keep somebody who is an employee of yours safe. And now you can say all that you want and things being changed, but until... Until there's real change that people actually care for, like what is it? What is really happening? Yeah, I mean, it continues to go. We're still nowhere near the end of this. Um, I'm sure this will be something that goes on for years, not even for yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, still. Um, again, we hope for justice, and we will keep an account. We'll keep an eye on it. Um. I agree with what you said. This is something I imagine them settling as much as they can. I don't, I don't see why they, they wouldn't settle this. Like, do they really want, do they really want this to get into a courtroom setting where you're going to have articles published about the brutal, like testimonies that are going to come through from this sort of court case. I don't think they want that. Th this will never see a courtroom. This will get settled beforehand. Um, and I just don't know what impact it's going to make. Um, I hope that it makes a bigger, a big impact of some kind. Um, I know that the, th any, like the nice thing is, is that any news about Activision Blizzard does seem to get a little bit of traction of some kind. So there's still people kind of having out, you know, outpour of support to the workers and, and to, like this family and stuff like that. So, so that's like one good thing, mm -hmm. but it still needs, we still need actual change to happen at Activision Blizzard. I mean, there, there's been articles as of late too, talking about how Blizzard is having so much trouble holding on to talent. And it's like, Hmm, I wonder why that is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it just, it's like, you really have to wonder what change we're going to see actually come of this, if at all, because Think about think about another company very similar to Blizzard in a lot of ways. Uh, makes games very similar to Blizzard. You you play one of their games all the time. Oh, with Riot, uh, yeah. Like what has really changed with Riot, right? I I mean, I think part of what has unfortunately kind of boosted Riot right now is that like 
maybe aside from League of Legends, their content has been in such a good spot lately that it's very easy for people to just completely ignore everything that was happening over there as well. Whereas with Blizzard, with how frustrated everybody else has been about where their games are, it's much easier to also dogpile on that. So Riot kind of gets away with it. Right. But they're also... Even when when like there was the the screws being tightened on him as much as they had been for Riot, what real change was there? Mm-hmm. There I wasn't, mean, right? They found now, themselves now, not guilty, and uh, here we are. Exactly. That's that's the point, right? Um, you know, we can only hope that that these th- there's a reason why a lot of these don't like there. There's not many independent invest investigations that happen into this sort of stuff because. Uh, then you have stuff like what happened with the Chicago Blackhawks happened where everything comes out and everybody finds out about the terrible things that you did as an organization, mm-hmm. right? Um, that, that, that's why you don't see these happen or if they do happen, it's usually somebody who they think, you know, it's somebody who's not going to be truly independent, right? Um, God, if the... The people who did the Blackhawks did like Activision Blizzard, like a, an investigation into them. I would be pretty confident that we'd get something good out of that. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, one more piece of ABK news um, as part of where is it? So, Sports, yeah. According to California state law, Activision Blizzard. Um, when a company has six or more people on its board, it must have at least three women serving as one of the board directors. Um, ABK has more than six people. Uh, they have 10. Um, still only have two women. They were required to hire another female board member by December 31st of 2021, um, but they failed to do so. Um, they they began interviewing potential additional field male, female directors last year. However, since the company's current directors would cease to continue to serve on our board directors upon consummation of our proposed transaction with Microsoft, we were unable to conclude the process in 2021. Pretty much. They just said like, Oh, because we were getting, because of the transaction with Microsoft, like we can't, we weren't able to, we weren't able to make it happen, which is a load of bull. Um, yeah, it's BS. Absolute BS. Again, just more like, uh, more disappointing like not like i'm not like i expect anything better but just like it just it still seems like again the bottom of the barrel easy stuff they are just still struggling to even do we should expect better though we should demand better right because it is bs so uh but that's the sad state we're in where we don't expect better we don't and Mm. frankly it's probably you know, what's going to cause it to change? Like so far, Microsoft maybe will cause things to change. But, you know, when does Microsoft truly have control here? Who knows? Like, there's a lot of weird stuff. And it's just like. You just don't feel good about anything with it anymore. You just mm-hmm. don't like, you know, you and I kind of talked about it before we came on air for our, you know, for the stream that we're doing for the the recording of this podcast. I've had no desire to touch the game. Oh, yeah. Really? Any Blizzard game for that matter. Same. I have not played since November. Um, I think I told you I had friends being like, oh, like. It says you haven't been on um, Battle.net in like three or four months. Like, yeah, that sounds. That sounds accurate. Yeah. So. (laughs) I don't know, man. 
I love the league. I love the players. Um, yeah, same. That's why we're still here. That's why we're enjoying it. But it definitely does kind of put a taste in our mouth as far as what we're doing here. Yeah, there, there's still that. And and that's why we put so much time talking about a, a better ABK stuff, right? Like, because we could easily, you know, and, and I'm not saying other podcasts do or don't. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I don't watch other podcasts the way that I used to. But like the significant amount of our time on these episodes is talking about ABK stuff, not not Overwatch League stuff, because it's not what it's important, right? Like, like, yeah, it is for like, it is what we talk about. But in the grand scheme of things, the the parent of all of this is more important and more of something that's worth covering for us to feel better about caring about these things because we want people to be in positions where they don't have to worry about like coming into work because there's some creep in the cubicle next to them. That's going to, you know, come up behind them and like do something. We- you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. L- l- like those things matter more than the overwatch league success. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. So I, yeah, I'm right there with you. That's why we continue to talk about it. And, you know, we, we've been pretty good at, at keeping ourselves accountable and, and keeping up to date on what's happening. But at the same time, it's like. We can only do so much, you know what I mean? We can inform. And we can give you our thoughts on it, but that doesn't mean it's going to change anything until the people in charge at, at Activision Blizzard make the changes necessary. I agree. And we'll be here. Look, we'll be here keeping tabs on it um, as we get closer to the league season. Um, Stuff will get a little bit more frequent as we get into um, as we get closer to May. Probably look for that to happen. Maybe I probably probably in early April, maybe even late at the end of this month. We're still working that out. But um, thanks for being here for episode 130 of Push the Point. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you like to use, or being here in the Twitch stream with us. We appreciate you. Twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. Um, wherever you're at, leaving us a review really helps us out, makes it so we know what you guys like, what can be improved, and it just it helps people find our show. Um, if you want to support the podcast network, mash those buttons. It's been our home for what, four years now? Great people. For all for all of our existence, yeah. For our entire time, yeah. Um <laughs> If you want to support the mash those buttons community, where should they go? Discord.me slash mash those buttons. Join in. Um, there's a lot of really awesome podcasts. Um, you're going to hear about some of them right after we're done here. So stick around to hear about those. Uh, but that's how you support the network is by going there. And then you can see everything that mash those buttons has to offer. There's a lot. If you're a Final Fantasy 14 fan, you know, apex legends whatever there's so many games that that um and even like we, there's like the mini series and stuff that ja does covering big releases and things like that too like there's the one that's currently stuff. going for uh lightkeeper protocol for horizon zero dawn and horizon forbidden yep. west is super fun big recommend yeah so so check that stuff out um there's also patreon.com slash mash those buttons where as little as a dollar a month uh you can support the network that's going through some changes i know so uh that that's a little bit different i believe that now you can support shows a little bit more directly through it but regardless go to the patreon support the network uh that's a really cool thing uh there's some exclusive content there as well so be sure to check that out 
Uh, push the point uh, or push point pod is the Twitter for us. So go there to stay up to date with the Twitter. And, you know, when things are happening like that, uh, push the point at gmail.com if you want to email us. Yes, sir. And if you want to find Lobosco on Twitter, he's on Twitter at Lobosco, L O B O S C O. And I'm on Twitter at Ramsey's underscore O W for um all my times where i need to get back to bugging you about whether or not you've seen jjk because i know you haven't but hopefully someday no, if i keep I bugging you, you do there is there was one day where i was going to start watching it but i started watching something else instead Christopher. I watched, so i'm sorry but it, listen this was like so you know what it was it was uh have you watched smiling friends yet i've i need to i haven't yet but i've heard really you good stuff to. about that yeah so so i was i've always been like a big fan of like everybody associated with smiling friends like i like oni plays and like oni ng and stuff like that um like, like just all the like stuff that chris o'neill had done in his past and he's like a big part of that and and psychic pebbles and everybody like those are guys that that like shaped like what i watched in like my formative years you know what i mean so like i had to watch smiling friends and it was a super quick watch too well so it was like it was easy to do i had to do it when you know me, I'm a big animation guy too, so I'll have to check that out. But yeah. um, if you want to see, if, if you want to check up with what we're doing at Labosco at Ramsey's underscore OW, thanks for being here for episode 130 of Push the Point. And as always, stay safe, take care of yourself, um, stay healthy. We will see you hopefully soon, sooner than later, definitely. Mm-hmm. Later. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord.